Is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat Standup here on this spooky Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. As always, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com. Stuart Turley, my man, how we doing today? Hey, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and tomorrow's Halloween. Are you going to go as Chewbacca or an Ewok? I live every day as Chewbacca, so I'm probably going to go as, uh, I'll go as Luke Skywalker <laughs> for tomorrow. Um, um, it's my lovely hair that makes me like Chewbacca, If for those of you wondering. Um, oh. But no, for everybody listening to this, happy Halloween. Um, we hope you guys had a great, mainly for, for everybody, a fun weekend, but we are here to bring you the news. Nonetheless, on Tuesday, Stu has an excellent show lined up for us. First up, Germany Schultz says that his country is willing to invest in Nigerian gas and minerals. Next up, gas flows stop to Egypt. Um, dun, dun, dun. So we'll see what's going on in the Middle East. Might have something a little bit to do with, with where prices went today. Next up, we'll come back home. Nothing like a good Biden uh, Newsom story. Congress must take California out of the driver's seat on electric car mandates. This is a uh, really great article by The Hill kind of overviewing what's really going on in the EV market and what's about to really take California down. And then finally, Stu's favorite uranium demand hits decade high as nuclear renaissance gains traction. He will then toss it over to me and I'll quickly uh, finish with some of the oil and gas finance stuff. Um, On Friday, we did see Chevron and Exxon drop earnings, though everyone's really more worried about the M&A deals, but we've slowly been seeing some of these earnings come out. So I'll quickly touch on some of the the, the, the news and notes in there. Talked about what happened to oil and gas prices today and let you guys go, get on out of here and back to work. But before we do all that, guys, remember the stories, news, and analysis you are about to hear is brought to you all by the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy news. Stu and the team do a great job of curating that site making sure it stays up to speed so that you can be on the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy business. You can email the show questions at energynewsbeat.com. You can follow us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, YouTube, you can hit us up at Energy Newsbeat. If I was a 16-year-old YouTuber, I'd say smash that like button, but I'm not. So I'll refrain from saying that and just say that's the best place to go subscribe to us and stay in contact with the show. Um, again, energynewsbeat.com. Check us out, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. News combo that we're working on. Give us an idea of what you want to see in V2. I'm out of breath, though, Stu. Where do you want to begin? I think this is going to be a great one here. Germany's Schultz says that his country is willing to invest in Nigerian gas. And Michael, I know he's sitting there with one of the leaders uh, from Africa. And I know he's not saying, I see nothing. I see nothing. Okay. German Chancellor Olaf uh, Scholz says that on Sunday, uh, his country's willing to invest in uh, critical minerals and natural gas. This is a quote from the Nigerian president. There's a willingness to invest, especially in critical minerals. Uh, this is actually from Scholz, told reporters. If we're successful, then there's better chance of exporting the produced gas gas on LNG as well. And I'm getting to the point where my interview, the staff is about ready to roll out the podcast with um, the 
secretary general of the African uh, Oil Producers uh, Organization. This one's really chapping my chicken, Michael, because let's put Africa first instead of having uh, I see nothing Schultz run down there and try to take more critical minerals from these folks without, you know, trying to say, hey, let's put in some natural gas there. And all they're building is the natural gas LNG exports. That's what bugs me. This is not a win-win for Africa. No, because they want to come in and exploit the resources. Now, Nigeria has all of the the willingness to want to have outside Western development come in because they've seen what it's been able to do to their oil and gas business. Remember, the Nigerian oil and gas business is propped up mainly by Western influence. Not that that's a bad thing. It seems to have worked out for Nigeria. The problem is this is not what's going to happen around the country. What you're going to see happen around the country is you know, outside Western nationalization of the resources that really need to be flowing back. We don't need to be sending oil and gas and LNG away from Africa. We need to be drilling it, producing it and consuming it in Africa by lowering, by elevating the standard of living for everyone. So that's what I agree with you. The concern is hopefully Olaf Schultz doesn't pull a a Sergeant Schultz on us and doesn't see anything. Um, Hopefully they continue down this path. But everyone's now, fo- I do love this. Now they're all focused on critical minerals. It's almost yeah. the hand over here is, oh, minerals, minerals. While this hand over here, they're exploiting them on all the other, on, you know, the entire side. So it's unbelievable. No, uh, no it's despicable. And and what, what uh, really bothers me is the lack of humanitarian interest yep. that they have. All right, let's go to gas flows to Egypt. Stop. Michael, for our listeners that missed a single podcast uh, of the three years that you and I have been podcasting, this is Club Med, baby. This is what you and I have been talking about for a long time. And uh, in the Leviathan field, we were sitting there uh, and taking a look at the Leviathan field. Israel is running that. And then it's just south of Cyprus. And the only way that Israel can get its natural gas, just as a recap here, that uh, they have to sell to Egypt. Egypt has extra LNG capacity. Uh, Chevron, which runs the gas field that Israel ordered shut down as another major field, has stepped up. Power cuts have been put in place since the middle of the year, but this could impact 20% of Egypt's power capacity. And then it's going to cost um, Israel a bunch of money not getting their yep. gas to market. So the, the cabinet has has shut it down from Egypt, right? So, and what they're saying is the gas imports have fallen from a hundred eight hundred mcf a day to zero at a time when temperatures are above average, which means you're going to have an increase in electrical demand. So it's not the it's not the right time. Unfortunately, it's never a good time not to have fuel, but it's not a good time now. Right, you bet. So, uh, hey, let's flap our arms and come back around to California here. Congress must take California out of the driver's seat on electric car mandates. This is a pretty cool story. And the first paragraph is Congress is moving forward with legislation to prevent California from uh, canceling gas-powered cars and trucks. That's about time. Now, Michael, you and I have talked about this before on the podcast, and that's, I believe there's 18 states that have passed uh, laws that allow, once uh, California and oil slick Harry Newsom can 
go out and then once they get it into their uh, legislative system, the other 18 can then adopt it without anything. So that's exactly why this is a, such an important uh, bill. I thought it was pretty cool. Nope. I think this is this is absolutely it's obviously this is going to pass the House of Representatives, but it's not necessarily going to pass the Senate. But it's an interesting flex of the federal versus state muscle. And, you yes. know, how do I say this? I guess if the shoe was on the other foot, if Congress was trying to rein in a common sense bill that a Republican government was doing, I just wonder where we would fall on this. So as much as I love the fact that the government is now coming in and mandating what the states can do. I'm generally of the mindset that if you want to live in California and be and subjugate yourself to California policies, good luck. Because trust me, the Newsbeat podcast ain't going there anytime soon. Uh, it, they're one of our biggest listening states. But, uh, you know, dude, uh, I, I think if we until they right. fall into the ocean because of climate change. So sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's go ahead and go to the next one. Uh, I love this one picture, though. Biden looks like he's just got gas, and Newsom looks like he washed his hair for the first time in several years. Uh, uh, just as a real quick uh, note here, the Texas Public Policy Foundation released a study, and it has great information. Uh, we'll put this one in the show notes as well. We don't need to go into any of it right now, but it has great EV stuff as well. So I'm going to head to the last story, Michael, and that is uranium demand hits decade high as nuclear renaissance gains traction. That's pretty cool. If we're going to get to net zero, um, which is what my bank account looks like right now, you know, carbon net zero is my bank account. Uh, you sit back and kind of go, uh, yeah, we're looking for sponsors out there, Michael. <laughs> what a way to solicit. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I've got a sign on my chest. We'll work for sponsors. Uh, rising climate change awareness is a renewed interest in energy. Now, I disagree with that one line in there. It's not we'll work for uh, the climate change awareness. It's people don't want to, you know, they want to be able to heat their homes and put, you know, food on the table. And nuclear is the only stable source out there if you're going to throw renewables on the grid. Yeah, I mean, I think what, this, what, what this article clearly states is that there's an overwhelming shift in the mindset of people to embrace nuclear. Now, is it anywhere near what we need to be in order to achieve what you call this renaissance of carbon net zero? No, it's nowhere close. We're going to need to continue. We're going to need to fix the regulatory. You know, I was I saw, you know, Bill Maher of all people did a, did a, did a 10 minute long expose on his show last week, specifically talking about articles that we have brought up on Newsbeat in terms of how much renewable renewable and energy, specifically renewable energy is waiting in the regulatory system. You know, there's, yeah. you know, hundreds, you know, there's thousands and thousands of megawatts waiting to be approved. If only we could get out of our own way. My only thing with, with nuclear is that it will end up down this path. And it's the reason why nuclear hasn't been rolled out soon. It's because they continue to die in the regulatory process. Yep. Hey, I need to reach out to Bill. Uh, and since he was a, a watcher of the show, you know, you got to you got to love it since he's getting his energy tips from us. He's slowly getting red pilled. You'll see it. Give him about 
five years and he'll be he'll 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 switch sides completely. I, I gotta admit Bill Bill Maher used to be just a total squirrel. Now he's only an ugly baby. And, and I mean he's really come a long way as far as a humanitarian goes. I think what's interesting though is there's and not to get too off topic, but I think somebody like him has been fairly consistent over his entire career. It's the sh- landscape of politics that has completely uh, shifted beyond him. Uh that but, great point. I I love what he's saying. All right. Hey, thanks, man. I say, okay, thanks. You about done? I am. Hey, I love your uh, chart behind you there, dude. You nerd. It doesn't show much. We got markets down today, folks. S&P was actually up about 1.2 percentage points. NASDAQ goes about 1.09 percentage points, mainly off the back of some decent tech earnings. Um, Crude oil continues to tumble 82.67. That's down three percentage points after closing Friday up three percentage points. So basically wiping out all of the gains we had there. And this is where I love Reuters. They got no idea what they're talking about. Oil falls more than 3% is concerns about Middle East supply ease. So, I mean, but what's the difference? Gas supply was shut in. We don't know what's going on with Turkey. If anything, tensions are more heightened in the Middle East, yet they're trying to tell us that, oh, prices are down because we will not things won't happen. They claim traders see signs that Israel-Hamas war won't disrupt crude flows. I I don't know what to say. Generally, the problem with what we're working with with right now is there's a lot of geopolitical factors that are happening. And anytime in the next three weeks, oil and gas prices move one way or the other, the answer from places like Reuters, places like oilprice.com, it's why you don't really want to read these. It's why you want to come to here like Energy Newsbeat is because they're just going to tell you, well, it was down because the sentiment has moved towards less oil or sentiment towards oil. That's okay. That is the case. But let's dig down deeper and say, what are some of these prices moving? We now we see a huge drop. We ended up at 84 at the beginning of the session, traded all the way down to below $82. That has a lot to do with the way the machines decide to take. Anytime you see a large, strict movement down or up, it's because the sentiment is now being ridden upon by the computers. Remember, 80% of trading is now algorithmic. So that's where when we look at these huge movements that happen, we see 3% on Friday, or you know, 3% today, even though they were in opposite directions. What's causing that? It's a little bit of market sentiment being layered in with a large amount of machine trading that when you aggregate small sentiment over a large amount of machines, well, unfortunately, you get these movements like this. So, you know, be wary as you're, tra- you know, especially if you're trading, it's it's going to get spicy with these geopolitical stuff. Again, what we saw on Friday was not necessarily a, as we mentioned yesterday, was not necessarily a, hey, oil, we, you know, we think oil, there's going to be no supplies. It was people covering their shorts so they didn't have any open positions over the weekend. Because the last thing you want to do is be short. And then all of a sudden, you know, a nuke goes off over the weekend and oil's $300. Now, nuke goes off. There's We got bigger fish to fry. So that's maybe a bad example, but that's the point of it. So as always, we're going to come in here and dig below the numbers and give you an idea uh, where we think prices is going. I, I think tomorrow we're going to continue to see some of the same choppiness. I don't see, you know, I don't see oil flows necessarily being stopped. I mean, Stu, as we've talked about, the only thing that could really move prices significantly more up or down from here would be the straight of Hormuz being blocked off. But I don't think you're hearing, you're not hearing anything that would suggest that's going to happen, are you? Uh, no, I'm not hearing anything, but uh, who knows, you know? Yeah, well, if, 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 if we get a call, we'll let everybody know. If we get you this, bet. trust if, me, we will let it, Wait, this is Lindsey Graham. This is Lindsey Graham calling in. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. 
Oh, he's he's wanting to bomb Iran. Yeah, great. Well, I'm telling him I don't my I don't my boot. We got we got we got I don't have my boots ready. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That I'm, was a joke, by the way. It's a huge joke. We the last thing we need to be doing is, is no. letting Lindsey Graham bomb Iran. He said that on the news. I know it's pretty scary to think about. Um, no. These people they 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 want to get us in a war so bad. They want to get us into a war so bad. That's okay. I think it's you know we're having some earnings continue to drip out. Chevron and Exxon, the two companies that we've been talking about, um, at nauseum on Friday dropped their earnings. Uh, I thought it was just interesting to read some of their highlights. First for Chevron, they go ahead and see their third quarter's order decrease from 2023, mainly due to lower upstream realizations and lower margins. To give you guys an idea, um, they had a total earnings. Of about six point five million, uh, six point five million in in the quarter twenty twenty three, comparative to nineteen point one billion in uh, um, quarter three. Excuse me, um, in the third quarter in twenty twenty two. So they're down about fifty percent, or excuse me, down. Excuse me, that's year to date. Last quarter in third quarter 2022, they were at 11.2 billion. So they're down about basically 50%. Again, the reason why they say that is to lower upstream realizations. What's that mean? Lower prices. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple to say that. Um, but and lower uh, refining margins, which will they make a decent amount of the money on refined product sales. The big thing they did this week this year was go ahead and swoop up PDC energy. Um, so that was went ahead and completed to kind of give them a stronger presence both in the Permian, but also in the DJ. They've also acquired some stakes in in Aces Delta, which is a carbon capture place. Um, they're doing a bunch of other interesting things. They've, they've 6.2 billion of, uh, stock buybacks, excuse me, you know, which is a little bit lower um, than the original guidance, or excuse me, those were distributions of 6.2 million, 3.4 billion um, of share buybacks, share buybacks, they note were a little lower than the prior quarter, mainly due to the acts, uh, the restrictions due to the related asset transaction of PDG, PDC Energy, um, which was all stocks. As you know, they just decided to purchase Hess. And so it'll be very interesting to see sort of how, how the, how this now go ahead um, and merges together. Let's go ahead and, and look at Exxon. They they have earnings of 9.1 billion um compared with uh, 7.9 billion um of of excuse me earnings last quarter so they do they do raise a little bit mainly due to the fact of higher commodity prices but everybody notes specifically for Exxon and Chevron lower chemical margins and lower realized prices on product on refined products where 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 their downstream sector makes their money and they really don't mention anything interesting you know they, they they're able to keep their debt to capital ratio and a lot of their gearing ratios uh fairly modest if only because the two acquisitions the acquisitions that they made to go get pioneer was all in stock and i think that's the the big thing to take away from the, from this this profit and loss statements too is they they didn't have to tap into any of their cash reserves they didn't have to go increase their well, debt and all they were able to pick up pioneer mainly by div- divvying up stocks so I mean you know really that's strong unlike the Anna, the oxy anadarko deal there's very little cash exchanged which is interesting to note that this is going to look very good you know you want to talk about the word accretive this is going to look very accretive to cash flow when it comes down to it you bet how's their P, uh, PDP over there um, or their production Oh, I mean, I think they're over. Uh, I mean, with Pioneer, they're going to be like two million barrels a day. I mean, the, wow. the, the, the problem with with valuing companies like Exxon and Chevron is there's so much more that goes into it. It's not just the production stream. It's uh, not right. just this. It, you you, you got to no, talk about it. I mean, they've got so much. That's cash flow. Oh, it's mailbox money. I'd it like is. a little bit of it. Our number is? <laughs> the amazing question. Um, all right, Sue, what should people be worried about? Well, the Fed's going to be uh, showing up this week, kind of like the the Grinch, uh, you know. That Wednesday, they're 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 raising rates. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm just afraid of these chatterheads. I I do not know. 
trying to dig themselves out of a hole they created. It's really interesting to watch. And guess what? The consumer will, will unfortunately take it in the drive through every time. Oh yeah. That's kind of like me getting married for the second time. We don't want that to happen. So uh, no, please guys, we, <laughs> but, uh, all right guys. Well, I think it's about it. Um, you know, again, appreciate everybody who's tuning in. Email us questions at energynewsbeat.com. Um, you can connect with Stu and I on LinkedIn, but for Stuart Turley and Michael Tanner, guys, we'll let you get out of here. See you tomorrow, folks.